This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 206. Hello, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Excited for my guest today. His name is Sean Winter, and he is the creator of Entrepreneurial Chef Magazine, a digital magazine for entrepreneurial-minded restaurateurs who want to know what's working. He talks to some of the biggest names in the chef world outside of pizza, and he gets them to come on a show. He interviews them, and he writes articles in this digital magazine. And digital magazines are something that I've always been thinking about for the last, I'd say probably the last year in the smart pizza marketing world because I know a lot of you folks do read magazines, and I want to bring you those stories in any way possible for us to get it in front of you whether that be with the podcast here, something physical, something digital like a magazine that you can actually go depth into reading the articles and the stories behind the folks we have here on the podcast. And also with our YouTube channel and all of those things we do over at smartpizzamarketing.com. So I wanted to have Sean come on here, talk about his magazine because he talks to uh, a lot of people who are not in the pizza world, but a lot of people that we should look out for because they're doing some tremendous things, really big names in the in the industry. And something that we touch on is sometimes your biggest guest isn't your best guest. Some of the times, some of those names that you think are going to kill it and crush it, they're really popular, they're really well-known names, they come on the show and they're just eh, and they're just okay. And then sometimes you have guests on that really just surprise the heck out of you. They come on the show, you maybe you have low expectations, and then they just deliver so much value that you're like, wow, that was a fantastic episode of the show. So I talked to Sean about what it's like to start a magazine, what his advice would be for the people out there looking to grow their business, some of the stories that he he has heard or he has talked to some of these guys about, some amazing stories that we talk about in this podcast episode. And then who is the person that he said, you know, who is someone that he's interviewed that he would have never have thought he would have talked to ever in his life? And also, who is somebody that just delivered so much value that you really didn't expect that ended up being the best uh, interview that you've ever done for the magazine? So Sean Winner of Entrepreneurial Magazine is our guest today. But before I get into the podcast episode, I really have to say thanks to today's sponsor, Planet Fundraiser. Planet Fundraiser is the smartest fundraising app on the planet. We all get it. We get those phone calls or those emails or those Facebook messages that says, hey, can you donate to my this or can you donate to my that? We're looking for this organization. We're looking for that organization. So what Planet Fundraiser does is it allows you to build your fundraising within this app and then give a percentage back of people who actually visit your restaurant. So if you're looking to grow your sales and become part of the community, go to planetfundraiser.com, sign your business up, and then what you can do from now on is say, hey, listen, if you're looking for donations, we'll help you out, but you have to go to the app, sign your sign your organization or whatever it is up, and then anybody who uses the app for your organization, we're gonna give a percentage of that sales back to your organization. And they organize that through receipts through the app. So this is something that I thought was really, really cool. They reached out to us and said, hey, we want to become part of the SPM community. And I said, great. I actually think this is something that's really valuable for our listeners. So go to planetfundraiser.com, sign your business up, and then start organizing all of your donations and get a return out of them as well. So planetfundraiser.com is the website for that. All right, now let's get on to the good stuff. I'm going to give you uh, the interview, but stay tuned for the end. I'll, I'll wrap up the summary of the podcast after we get out of here or after this podcast is over. So let's get into today's episode with Sean Winner of Entrepreneurial Chef Magazine. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, on with today's guest, Sean Winner of Entrepreneurial Chef Magazine. Sean's been in and out of the culinary world, and now he's built this whole multimedia empire based on 
entrepreneurial chef and a whole bunch of other things that he has going on with his podcast and other magazines. It's it's amazing at what he's built over the short period of time that I've known him. So I'm excited to have him come on the show, share his experiences with what he's done between being in the culinary world and now in the media side of the culinary world talking about it. Uh, we're going to share his experience and his journey, and I'm excited to have him on the show. So Sean, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for the invite. It's an absolute honor to be here with you. I followed along for a while now. And uh, like I said, it's an honor, man. You do some great things. I know we've met briefly, probably a couple years ago, uh, through Chris Hill and Donald Burns. I know we kind of run in the same circles, but this is the first time we've actually kind of had a talk one-on-one and we can talk about exactly what you've been doing. I've been watching from afar and I admire your magazine. I admire what you've been doing with Entrepreneurial Chef. It's amazing. Uh, what you've done with it and the people you've gotten a chance to talk to. So let's, I want to get into that later on. But before we get into all of that, let's kind of talk about how you got all this started. Like where did all this restaurant stuff start for you? I love hearing the story behind how it all started for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll go way back and I'll say, and I'll tie it together, but I actually didn't start off in food service or anything. Wasn't not a chef by trade. I was a musician. I was an entrepreneur in the music industry. I was trained as an audio engineer. So I'm an audio engineer by trade and was super passionate and still am super passionate about music and producing music. And I had an accident and I had to get out and kind of get a quote real job. And I fell into a role at Le Cordon Bleu College in Orlando, Florida. And that started almost a 10 year love affair with food, education, culinary arts, pastry arts, uh, like I said, I just, I absolutely fell in love and I, and I found chefs and the individuals that were attracted to the school, attracted to the industry, very similar to me in that I was a creative individual. I had aspirations of being entrepreneurial. And I noticed that in a lot of the students that attended culinary school, they, they had these entrepreneurial ambitions. So I just, like I said, I fell in love. I stayed there. I was, uh, I had a couple of different roles. I was in the academic a department for a while as a director of retention, where I worked very closely with chefs on either academic programs or um, helping to create social fabric within the college, almost like a student services type, type situation, yeah. uh, and then director of admissions as well. So that's that's kind of where where I got roped into this world. That's amazing. Are you are you from Orlando, or did you just happen to go to our school there? Yep, born and raised Orlando, one out of about a hundred. I can show you the tattoo on the back of the neck. So they <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of people from other places end up in Orlando. Tons, tons, absolutely. Are you yeah. are you in Orlando now? Is that where you run the magazine from? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow, yep, I'm yep, in Orlando yep. all the time. I didn't even know that. Ah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to connect for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So. You started this Entrepreneurial Chef magazine from that. What At what point did you say, like, where did this idea come from? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, some people may know, you may know that the Le Cordon Bleu North America division, the one that was owned by a company, that closed down. So all of the Le Cordon Bleus in the United States that were owned by this corporation, they all closed. And so it was January of 2016 that I was quote, laid off, essentially. And I sat back after that. I looked at the landscape in terms of jobs and opportunities, and, and I didn't see something that would fulfill me in the way that I wanted to be fulfilled. And, and my fulfillment comes from helping people, number one. Um, I love being in the education world and education space. And so 
I sat back and truth be told, I had an absolute identity crisis for anybody that has ever worked for an extended period of time in a field and they're maybe laid off or they try and do something else. My identity was wrapped up into Le Cordon Bleu. So about three to four months in, I had this idea and I said, what if I combine all these passions, my contacts, the chefs I knew, I said, what if I build a platform that's going to help people understand entrepreneurship? And by people, I mean more so the culinary students that were coming out of school, wanting to be entrepreneurs, have their own restaurant, food truck, catering company. Um, and, And even the chefs that I knew in the industry that struggled to jump out on their own or build a sustainable business. And I remember me as a musician, a creative trying to do my own thing, how much I struggled because I focused on the art, not necessarily business principles. And if you have really good art, that doesn't translate into a really good business sometimes. So that's where this whole kind of idea came from. And it it, it pulled from my passion, my interests, my experience, and everything culminated to this idea of entrepreneurial chef. And I love that too, because a lot of people are in the pizza industry or restaurant industry. And for me, it's more pizza people who listen to this podcast, but um, maybe they are creatives and they do fall into a little bit of trouble when it comes to the business end of their business. They're really passionate about making their product and they're really good salespeople, but they're not really good business people. And I don't think that saying they're not really good business people is something to knock them on. It's just that they don't know, have the knowledge or they didn't really know that that was something that they needed to understand before they opened their business. They get into trouble a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I experienced that year after year. And I bet some of your audience has attended a culinary school and some of your audience went in with these passions or this uh, dream of opening their own business. And they knew that they can make really good pizza. Or they knew they could cook really well, Yeah. Um, but they struggled along the way. And I, and I watched these students come out of school year after year and try and put together a plan. I watched chefs in the industry with their restaurants closed. I mean, it's just, sometimes it's a different side of the brain in a different skill set. So some people do struggle, unfortunately. And now that was in 2016 when you launched Entrepreneurial Chef Magazine, right? You got it, yeah. And I actually launched it as really a website that was going to be home to a bunch of video training programs. That was the original idea. Just free training programs. I was gonna work with chefs in the industry that I knew. I knew I had a whole lot of contacts. And I noticed, this is kind of crazy, I noticed on the website that I had a very high, what they call a bounce rate. That's how quick people leave your site after they visit it. Yeah. However, I had a crap load of people that visited the site. So I thought, what if I take everything on the website and I put it together in like this downloadable PDF form kind of document, and I just call it a quote magazine. <laughs> and I sat, I sat on the couch, I looked at my wife and I said, I have an idea. And seven days later, I hired someone from, it was uh, Upwork, and they put together all of my articles into a magazine format. I helped them with the design, the positioning, things of that nature, put it up on a landing page, and I had about 2,500 people download it in in the following few weeks. And I thought, all right, I guess this is what I'm doing now. I'm going to have this this magazine. That's that's truly how it began. So that was interesting, because in 2016, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but technology time it kind of was a long time ago and for a digital downloadable magazine in 2016 seemed like you know what people are still reading hand magazines but now in 2018 you look like a genius now 
<laughs> you know, I, some a lot of it was luck, I will say, you know, just the, the conversion of people going away from print. And there's still a lot of people that like print, but but yeah, yeah absolutely. Some but of they're the going to die soon because they're old. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, and, and so we essentially just, it's crazy, but I, I, I just started watching YouTube videos on, on how to build things and branding and positioning. And now granted, I, I do have a really good education. I have a, a master's in business. So I have an MBA. I had really good mentors in the culinary school. So I had an understanding of marketing and business and positioning and online business and things of that nature. So, um, but I just didn't know really how to build something from scratch entirely. And, and that's where I started seeking advice and, you know, people that were willing to teach and share and then just started launching this thing. So when you first downloaded it, it was a PDF. It was just like one downloadable PDF. You got it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It was just a downloadable PDF. And in about three months in, I, I got past that, what they would call is that proof of concept stage. I, I felt very comfortable now in going into the direction of taking entrepreneurial chef and making the leading resource, this magazine right. and invested in apps. So entrepreneurial chef has an app in Apple, Google. Um, I reached out to Amazon. I asked if we can get on Amazon newsstand, which they had closed recently, but I just, I fought my way in Amazon newsstand accepted us about six months in. Um, and, and then all of a sudden we started, we started really growing, but it, we, I, I invested heavily into this direction of having this digital magazine. Do you find um, a lot of people are reading it digitally or do they go to the website or can you look at it through the website or is it only uh, viewable through the app? Yes, yeah, a good question. So now we have the apps in Apple, Google, we have it on Amazon as well. And there's a paid subscription. We run promotions from time to time where someone can get a free subscription and then right. they can access them in the app. But if someone does sign up for one of those subscriptions, maybe those offers that we have, we do email the magazine out with a link in the email so that they can see it on the desktop or laptop as well. Got so it. we cover our bases between laptop, desktop, mobile tablet, and mobile device. Do people ask you, hey, is there like a paper version of this? Can I get this or can I get it in a, so I can actually hold it in my hand and a physical copy of it? Three words, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in in... You, without without living in this world, you don't know how expensive it is and the logistics and things. I mean, if I had if I had a quite a few thousands of dollars, and I don't just mean a couple, but I mean tens of thousands, then I would absolutely invest in some sort of circulation, some yeah. sort of print version, the logistics and all that stuff. But it, to dive into that world as a startup when you're self-funded. Um, and I always say like, you know, two houses and two kids and two cars and all that stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a little, it's a little uncomfortable to just put all your eggs into something that has been proven that's been dying yeah. year after year, which has been great. I was going to say that too. If it was something like, you know, you're, you are building an app and it costs thousands of dollars to do that. I, I think that that would be a wise investment because mm -hmm. the future that would still be a, you know, something that people would view, but a magazine, and they're going to be a whole bunch of people who email me now and say, oh, I still read a magazine, which you do. But it's true, yeah. A lot of people mm -hmm. do nowadays. But I'll tell you one thing. My children, who are 16, 15, and 10, do 90% of their homework on a laptop or a phone. Like, they'll read their books. They'll read their 
charts. They do all of it. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing on your phone still? Get off that thing. And they're like, dad, I'm doing homework. And I'm like, okay, okay. I guess you can go back on it. Um, <laughs> and that's who's moving into the, the market of people who are going to be consumers or owners or entrepreneurs. And they're totally used to that. So I think it's wise to hold off. And as many people as ask you, I want a physical copy of the magazine, five or six or seven years from now, that's probably going to be a small number. Yeah, agree. And, you know, we, we do want to cater to, to those individuals as well. So we are working on print options, which is more special editions. And we're working on a entrepreneurial chef volume, like the best of book oh, that yeah, we yeah. can actually bring to individuals because we have connected with some of the who's who in the industry. And they have shared some really, really awesome insights. And if there are a portion of people that will really only want to read it with a hard copy, then I, I, I want to get them that same information. So we, we're definitely working on that. Now, speaking of that, that's a good transition there. Who has been some of those, those people that maybe, let's do it this way. Because sometimes, and I know this because I do a podcast, sometimes your best guests aren't the most popular ones. Mm -hmm. um, but who have been, let's do two things. Who have been like the people who you never have thought you would have talked to in your life that you've been able to get in the magazine. And then who are some of the, like the, the ones that surprised you the most maybe? Yeah, no, great question. You know, um, Danielle Ballou, hands down, huge name, uh, huge name, super, super talented, high level. I would have never thought that yeah, it was about a year into launching this that I'd be on the phone with him and that he would spend about a little over an hour with me when we had about a 30 minute call scheduled. And he told me story after story about what his life was like before he was quote, Danielle Ballou, right? <laughs> and, I mean, all the way down to, he actually had a newsletter, a paper newsletter, almost like a, a mini magazine business that he ran out of, out of his apartment. And um, at one point he was, he didn't have the cash to handle a mistake. And he was taking and soaking some of the letters that were um, like lined up to be sent out, soaking them in the bathtub to pull the stamps off of them to oh reuse God. those stamps. That's so crazy. That he can mail things out. Like he was telling me these things and how he got in trouble selling truffles in the <laughs> state whenever he was uh, working for, um, he was a political asylum, I think is what his category was. So he couldn't technically sell anything, but then he did. And there was a write up about him and he got in trouble with the embassy. Like, you know, all these things, which were super interesting to hear this guy, who's just such a prominent figure, dial it all the way back to where his entrepreneurial roots began and him as this young chef trying to stand out. That's so, amazing. What a story. Yeah. And that's cool too, because like you, everybody looks at these people who are celebrity chefs or they see somehow and they see them how they are now. And they don't hear the stories of what they went through for so long in order to get where they are now. And that no matter where you are in your journey, if you just put in the time and effort, you can get to wherever you want to be. Absolutely. And that's what I wanted with, with this whole concept was, you know, how, what, what are some of the people that, that you would consider successful and what's the real story behind it? Like what, what were their fears? What did they have to overcome? You know, yeah. it's like, I wanted, I wanted to, to prick them with a needle and watch them bleed and everyone else, <laughs> just so that everyone else can go, Oh, you're human. Yeah. You're just like me. I'm scared to start my own business. I'm nervous right now that I'm not going to make payroll. 
I'm afraid that the competitor down the street is going to sell more than me and I'm going to go out of business, right? I wanted people to understand that these prominent figures had to go through that as well, or they did go through that right. as well. Uh, so, yeah. Or some maybe are going through that still. You never know what people's problems are, no matter what they have, like, look like from the outside looking in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I would say one thing that shocked me, and, and this doesn't necessarily have a name attached to it. There was a couple people that said this. I mean, I could say a, two names and I think it was uh, it was Richard Blaze and Scott Conant. But one thing that shocked me with a, quite a few of them that that from the outside looking in, they appear to have everything and they're super successful. Yet they tell me that they feel they haven't made it yet huh. and that they feel that they're behind the eight ball and that they feel that their peers are, are, are more successful than them and that they're just waking up every day trying to crack the code on how they can be successful. When I heard that five and six and seven and eight times from some of the most prominent figures that are out there that are super talented and have a lot of notoriety, I thought that's a very interesting pattern that some of the most successful people by maybe the industry standards or you know, the, the population standards feel like they haven't made it and they're not satisfied and they're waking up every day going, gosh, just how can I get better? How can I, you know, grow more? I thought that was super interesting to find out. I think everybody should wake up like that. I think as soon as you feel complacent with whatever you're doing, it's over. You're going to lose. I agree. Agree. You know, yep. and maybe that's why they are super successful or they are ahead of us who are looking at them from the outside. Um, because they do wake up with that fire and that passion every morning, which I think everybody should. If you, you should wake up every day and feel like you could lose it all at any moment, because I think that's going to push you to do things that maybe you're not comfortable doing. Agreed, completely agreed. Yeah, yep. and I completely. love that, I, and that's not a coincidence. I don't believe. I think that that's something that they all probably have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Les Brown, who's a, a motivational speaker that I listen to from time to time. <laughs> He, he has this big thing about never feeling satisfied yeah. and just, you know, continuing to just chomp at the bit. I know in my life, when I've, the times that I've felt complacent, I've woken up and it feels like the next day, even though it was like maybe a year later or months later. And I was like way behind what I wanted to be because, you know, I just took the, my foot off the gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and I think, I think there's a difference sometimes between giving yourself some downtime. Yeah complacency and you know it's, it's it's hard for it's hard for people mentally you know to go through life and then be entrepreneurs in the in this in the business and things and just kind of you know figure out where are they at and and how do you how do you separate those lines out but uh yeah always wake up feeling like you, you just need to keep <laughs> i think grant cardone said he said something that was pretty funny he said god created earth and then he took sunday off he's like you, you <laughs> didn't create earth you shouldn't take any days off yet you know, you can take a day off, but God, everybody's like, oh, I need Sundays off. But you know what? God created Earth, and then he that's, took a Sunday off. Do something fine. pretty big, and then you can take a Sunday off. That's right. That's right. Um, but let me ask you a question, because I'm sure, do you get nervous sending that email to somebody who's a Daniel Blue, who, you know, like, you know, maybe he, you know, won't come on the show? Or what, what goes through your mind when you're creating and crafting that email or phone call to call them and ask them to be a part of your magazine? Sure. In the beginning, I, I would have knots in my stomach, right? And I, I would literally, it would take me, this sounds crazy, but sometimes it would take me about 30, 45 minutes to write like a hundred word email. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, then, and then 
and then press send. I would read it over and over and over. Did I misspell anything? I'd put it in a Word doc and you know, <laughs> double check on the spelling and the grammar. Absolutely. And then over time, just like anything else, you just get more comfortable, more comfortable, more comfortable. And then, you know, and then it comes down to uh, I'll literally just I'll find contact information. I'll call them up on the phone. I mean, now, now it's just a matter of, um, you know, we just reach out whenever, yeah. but it was super uncomfortable in the very beginning for sure. Yeah. I, same with me from the podcast. I remember doing the first few episodes and, uh, you get a response from someone, you'd be super excited that, Hey, they responded. Um, and everybody's really, really nice. Like even me yeah. doing so many podcast episodes, you'd think that you'd get a lot of no's. And you get a few not nows, you know, contact me in a month or two because I'm busy. But for the most part, people out there are really, really nice. And they'll help you do whatever you need help with for the most part. There are some some people who aren't the nicest people in the world, but they're very, very few and far between, in, at least in my experience. Same here. Same here. Hands down. I, I literally have only had one person that was very rude to me. I will not mention their name, but very rude. So rude that I almost hung up the phone on them and we 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 finished out the conversation kind of abruptly and they actually emailed me the next day and they said they were incredibly sorry really and that and that they it was they were under the gun they had certain deliverable that they needed to do they were it was lunchtime they were hungry they they set up the call between us at the wrong time they should have been more thoughtful about that and they actually apologized and I thought wow that's and, and this is someone that if I were to name drop, everybody would know this individual. And it was just so incredibly powerful for them to recognize that and send that back out to a no-name person who's running a startup magazine. Right. Because so. you would have totally written up that magazine and been like, don't talk to this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's happened to me a few times too. Not necessarily people on the phone, but like, you know, people in the emails, like, I don't do podcasts. Mm, and I'm like, sure. okay, great. Thank you. But you know what? It happens. You know, and you know, there's some people out there who aren't the best. Um, who has been your, who has been like the, the, is there somebody on your list that you want to get on the magazine that you haven't had a chance to yet? Thomas Keller. Yeah. Hands down. Have you tried to get him on? 100%. We we've had the, not right now, you know, he's a little busy, had some of those back and forth, but, uh, hands down. I'd love to, I'd love to connect with Thomas Keller. Cause some of those guys are busy. You know, they probably get a hundred emails a day from people wanting five minutes of their time. And you know, if you do five minutes of their time for everybody, your day is gone. It's not even yours. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, do you get people soliciting you to be in the magazine now? Yeah. In the beginning, it was all us trying to reach out to people. And now it's absolutely a daily thing. We've, we've got a lot of uh, companies, PR companies, public relations companies, marketing agencies who had seen us, seen the consistency know who we are and so absolutely we'll get we get pitched ideas constantly and uh you know we sift through now what is the criteria to kind of be a part of the magazine you know i look at it like our core mission is to help somebody build and grow their business of any kind in the food service industry they don't need to have a restaurant it doesn't even necessarily have to be food per se they could be servicing the food service industry Maybe they were a chef that has kind of changed or I was just talking to Ellen Bennett literally minutes before you and I who started Headley and Bennett. Right. And she was a line cook and then now started this apron company. So the the goal is to find somebody that has built and grown a brand 
has done either something extraordinary or something really neat that the audience could pick up something from. And, and it has to be actionable advice. It can't be rhetoric. It can't be all theory. Literally, we want to get into the mud. We want to get into the dirt. We want to find out, you know, how did this person start? What actionable advice they can get away? So if we can get that from somebody that's pitching us an idea, we absolutely will follow that. Now, that's a great point. Actionable advice that is not just theory. Because there are a lot of people out there who um, have theories, right? This could work, or you should do this, or maybe you should try this. But, you know, you really want to be careful of who you take your advice from because sometimes they may not have actually done it. And, you know, theory is just theory, but action. And, you know, when you see the results of something actually working and you can uh, see in words or through video or through audio, it actually happened and it worked. That's something that you should pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Because when somebody has experience with something, They've, they've seen the success, most likely the successes, the failures, the missteps, and, and they use all of that and, and, and make this kind of calculation, this hypothesis, this, you know, this actionable advice. Whereas when you're just playing in a theory world, there's, you don't understand the missteps and the mistakes a lot of times, right? right? It's all hypothetical. So what about your podcast? I know you do a podcast with Chris Hill, I believe, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, I connected with Chris. We connected early on. He was actually the first uh, cover story of the magazine when it launched. And so that started a relationship between us. And now we launched this podcast called Making the Cut. And we essentially explore a very similar thing as Entrepreneurial Chef in, in the sense that it's about business, sometimes about life, about growing businesses, growing brands, being a better professional, if you will. So yeah. we, we we do a little crossover, but we stick to similar to that food entrepreneurship mission. Yeah, I like Chris. Chris has been on a guest on the on the show before in the past, so he's a good guy. Mm, great guy. Yeah, now, great guy. Now, uh, the, is the podcast guest similar to the people who are in the magazine? Or how come... Now, do you record the interviews that you do for people for the magazine? Because that would be interesting to hear. Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, we do that sometimes, right? So our cover story for October was a guy named Cameron Mitchell. He runs the Cameron Mitchell Restaurant Group. And so we do In Ohio, podcast. I believe, right? He's nationwide, but uh, I believe he, they have some legs in there. Uh, so we did a podcast episode with him, and then we took some of that episode and we turned that into that cover story for that month's issue of Entrepreneurial Chef in October. So nice. his podcast is absolutely available, and you can listen to it in his words and then kind of read it uh, as well. So yeah, we'll do that from time to time. I love that guy. Cameron Mitchell's a really nice guy. I actually saw that cover of your magazine. I actually mm. spoke at an event, Mid America Restaurant Expo. I think this year we're both speaking there again, maybe. And two years ago, I met him there. Super nice guy. Really nice. Yeah. Really, really nice. And he's at a stage in his career where he's he he's always given back and he's always been in tune with helping others. But now he's in this next chapter as he starts, as he said, kind of moving away from running the Cameron Mitchell group. And I think he's 25 years now running that. Um, he wants to start getting in more and more and teaching, giving back and helping, you know, others essentially. Yeah. Super, super. And I love, I think I was at one of his talks a couple of years ago and he was talking about like, cause a lot of people who have one successful restaurant make the mistake of duplicating that same restaurant that was successful one place somewhere else, completely different and thinking it's going to be successful just cause the first one was. And I love that he said something to the fact of, you know, we go into every restaurant 
as it being its own thing. It has to be successful on its own and trying to figure out if that restaurant will work there or what restaurant will work where we're going to go and not just duplicating something that was successful in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked about that with us too. Absolutely. He, whenever they, they've got a, I believe it's a specialty restaurant group and they will come up with an idea and the idea is not for three, four, five, six, seven restaurants across the country. The idea is one restaurant, one place, one concept. Let's see how it goes and let's see if we can build upon that right. given the differences in demona- d- demographics and, and crossing county lines or state lines. Yeah, because it's different everywhere. Just because something's successful, you might have got lucky. The location was perfect. The demographics was perfect. Uh, the style of restaurant you had was perfect for that spot. Mm-hmm. And it may not work everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of times individuals want to believe that it was them, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. so, you know, it, it's true, right? They want, they want to believe that, that they had that insight that they, they opened a place on a corner that in six months, uh, you know, a massive shopping mall, a massive community was then later built out by this corporation. They want to say, yeah, you know, I had that, that foresight and that becomes their narrative. <laughs> and now they use that confidence and they try and parlay that into something else. But in actuality, it was luck. Right. <laughs> you know? And sometimes you have to recognize it's luck. And know? it's okay to recognize that you got lucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. I always say that all the time. I'm like, you know what? I got lucky. You know, do the start of the podcast at the right time. I mean, now it's, if you start a podcast today, it's a lot harder to get traction because there's so many more. It is. Yep. It is. It's so true. Yeah, but it, so it wasn't true. like I saw anything special. It just, I got lucky. I started at the right time. So it was awesome. So Sean, just like that was awesome. It was awesome talking to you today. Where can people go get some information from you? Download your magazine, uh, check out the podcast. Where should they go? Yeah. So Entrepreneurial Chef is the main site, essentially. You can find the magazine in the App Store, Google Play, iTunes. It's on Amazon. Um, we'll give you a special link for your audience so that they can get a, their first year for free, for cool. a first year subscription. Uh, and when they sign up that way, too, we will unlock all of the back issues. Oh, meaning- wow. 28 magazines, essentially, they will have access to. They can just feverishly download over the next course of 12 months if they don't want to end up buying a subscription. I don't care. It's, it's, <laughs> it, the, the most important thing is that people have this information that we're putting out there and it helps them grow. And we'll link all that up in the show notes too. So if you go to smartpizzamarketing.com, uh, type in Sean, uh, S-H-A-W-N in the search bar up top. We'll link all that in the show notes from Sean because uh, I think he did a great job with the magazine. And I think everybody should go check it out because you know what? Even if you're just in the pizza industry, you're a restaurant operator. Even though you specialize in pizza, we're all in the restaurant hospitality industry. So it's good to hear stories from people outside of our industry. Sometimes it's better to hear people from outside because you get a different perspective. So go check that out from Sean. Sean, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. I super appreciate it. We talked before you had a little medical emergency, so I really, really appreciate it because you could have put this off, but you didn't. And uh, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Of course. It was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thank you so much to Sean for joining me on the podcast episode today. If you want that free copy of his magazine, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link all of that up for you in the show notes for this episode. It is episode number 206, if you're wondering. So if you go to smart pizzamarketing.com type in episode number 206 and the show notes will come up for you there we'll link to sean's magazine where you can download your free copy of entrepreneurial chef magazine Uh, i actually read his magazine he sent me a couple free copies through his email 
And it's really well done. Really good articles. If you're a reader and you love reading and you want to read on your digital device, go check out the magazine. I think it's really well done. And then there's also some stories from outside of the pizza world because, yes, we sell pizza. We're in the pizza slash Italian or slash restaurant industry. But sometimes you get some ideas and some inspiration from people who are doing things outside of our specific industry. It's always good to get out there and see what others are doing as well because then we can use those particular things in our business. All right, so wrapping up, I think this was a good episode of the show. I appreciate Sean for joining me on the show. Let me know if you, I want to know from you, if you read magazines still, or if you read digital magazines, I really want to know if that's something that you still do. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast here because you're listening to the podcast and there's nobody else that's going to be able to say, hey, I listen to your podcast. I do read magazines because this is the only place you're going to hear it. So if you're listening to this and you do still read magazines, whatever magazines they are, Email me, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Or you know what? If it's easier, send me a message on Facebook. We are at Smart Pizza Marketing. Or on, uh, send, shoot me a direct message on Instagram, at Smart Pizza Marketing as well. And let me know what your preference is. Like what magazines you listen to, not listen to, what magazines you read, which ones you used to read but you don't anymore, which ones you look forward to every month, which ones you wish you could read, whatever it is. If you're still reading, let me know where you read it. Is it digital? Is it is it physical? Does it get mailed to you? Do you go buy it? All that information is valuable because we're working on some things over here. And I, and the more you can give us, the more we can help you. So that is going to do it. If you need some help in your business, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip is how we can work together. Uh, but if you're more of a hands-on type person and you really want to learn, and we have a lot of data and we know what's going on when it comes to marketing digitally, you can join our group. It's a private group. Get access to us. Get access to our private Facebook page our website with all our tutorials and everything that we do, the webinar-wise, all those webinar replays, all our past calls, all available over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. And again, I truly appreciate you spending your afternoon, evening, good morning, whatever it is with me. If you have a question, you can shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. I really, really, truly love hearing from you guys that listen to the podcast and whatever nugget you took away from the show or the guest uh, let me know what it is and let me know what you want to hear in the future. We're always working on future content and future episodes of the show. And we want to produce the show that you want to listen to. So if there's a guest that we haven't had on yet or a topic that you would like covered, email us, direct message us, all of that good stuff. We'll get that. And we will start looking out for those people or projects or topics and get them going in the pipeline. So thank you guys so much for your attention and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>